that's it. That's because it was on the website. Anyway, we we figured it out. We figured we got it. it. We good. How are you doing? How's everything? How I'm all right, given the uh, the bullshit times that we have going on now. Uh, but thanks for. I mean, it took us some time to get going here, but thanks for finally getting uh, doing this with me. Uh, it's been a while since I saw you. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah, a couple of years now. But I mean, you're doing some great things. Uh, and before we get into the other shit, one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you is, as a coach in a pandemic, like I know you guys were still going and you still had athletes competing and fighting. How difficult was that for you as a coach, as a martial artist, as a business owner, to just even get these guys? competing in the ring during this uh, last two years? Well, it's, well, it's relatively easy when Para was open, and when Aegis is open, it's, it's easy. Uh, but in between, it was a little bit tough. Niagara top team opened up their doors to help us out, and um, Scott Hudson had a little gym in Burlington that yeah. we, we may do with. So we're lucky to have a lot of people looking to help out, but there's a bit of a pain running around. And tr- how was um, traveling? And all that to prepare for uh, It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Every time I go to the States, it's a different protocol. Yeah. And people on the border have no clue what they're talking about. What, what do you mean? Because I, 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 I haven't been uh, able to leave because of, like, I haven't had to fight yet because of my injuries and stuff. So yeah. uh, what is it like at the border? In terms well, of- it depends on what time you go. Sometimes I walk through no problem. Sometimes they look at your test, sometimes they don't look at your test, sometimes they care, sometimes they don't. It really depends on who you get. Um, and like I said, a lot of them don't really know like the up-to-date uh, protocols. I've gone over the border and had to explain to them like why I was right. Yeah. And um, so what is it like for the guys competing during this? Like, I know like no, normally when you compete, you know, there's nerves and all that kind of shit, but with the added pressures and protocols and stuff that's going on with the travel do you notice a difference in some of the guys um you know mentalities going into these competitions or no um more of our that fighters have been fighting in the states more of the younger guys have been fighting in canada yeah um so you know with the older guys they're a little bit more seasoned a little bit more comfortable with the uh just roll with the punches and kind of accept whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So it's been good that way. The young guys have been pretty lucky to fight in Ontario. Oh, sorry, yeah, fight in Ontario and um, BC. So, uh-huh. you know, there's not really much restrictions going out there. Yeah. It, well, BC has been holding quite a few. I mean, Ontario's, I think, only one show since the whole pandemic, right? Yeah, I think one, yeah. Yeah, which is, is terrible for the athletes. Like, I don't think people understand the, like, professional is one thing. Like, uh, but for guys that are coming up, like this is a huge hit to their life in terms of their goals and aspirations to become an athlete and to compete. Um, cause there's no opportunities and I don't no. see there being many, especially at the amateur level, there's not going to be many coming up in the next five years. So like for the sport of MMA in Canada, I feel like this is like, you remember when we had the first event here in Toronto? For GSP and Jake Shields yeah. and, and, and MMA exploded and it kind of put things on the map. I feel like this is like a full reversal of that whole progress that was. Oh, made. for sure. 
Absolutely. Do you, do you see it being us being able to recover it anytime soon? Um, well, you know, the, the top gyms will always make do. We can always go to the States. We're not that far from Rochester to get the amateur guys' fights. Yeah. Uh, so th there's always other solutions. It's just not time efficient, that's all. Yeah. And, I mean, have you had a guy test positive after he made the travel yet? Um, after travel, no. Everybody I know has test positive. Yeah. Um, so but it's only yeah. from domestic. Okay, so more like the local guys, they test positive, kind of. Catch it from work, catch it from a friend, uh, family member, catch it at the gym. Like yeah. it, it's it's coming from everywhere. Um, but no, I don't think I've had anybody test positive from international travel yet. Yeah, and I mean, before we move on to like some more fun, less or more, I guess more controversial shit. Um, uh, do you think that some of uh, fight, fighters in general have been sort of demoralized from competing going forward in the next couple of years. Uh, like a, you know, how like um, when you have an MMA scene, you have you know veterans of the game, you have new guys, you have guys who are middle of the road or gatekeepers, ones that you know guys that they just take fights, and sometimes we kind of rely on those kind of guys to build up certain guys' careers and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you think that we're going to lose some of that volume in terms of access to good matchups for especially Canadian fighters? Um, you know, once we release these restrictions, assuming we ever do, yeah. I don't think so. But yeah, in the meantime, like it's hard to match up Canadian guys in Canada right now. Um, I don't think Americans are trying to bring us down as much just because there's so many more hurdles. Yeah. But once all the restrictions are gone, I don't see that being an issue. Don't see it being an issue? Wow. No. And um I mean you you guys uh, your guys business got hit hard uh from at the start of at the start of this and um can you like walk us through like what kinda happened with with Parabellum and, and that transition you and, and Luke made with this meant? Well essentially what happened, I think the business that you've seen that survived the first wave, uh yeah. or the second wave were businesses that had a, a landlord that was willing to play ball with them. And not that our landlord was necessarily bad. Um, yeah. You know, they need to get paid too. Um, and the government subsidies were not helping the businesses like the people thought they were. No. Uh, no. Most of them were like clickbait. It's just like people on Instagram, like, oh, the government's helping other people so much. But if you actually open up and look what they're doing, it wasn't doing shit off the uh, uh, businesses. Yeah. So we just got left out to dry. Um, and there was no foreseeable future of being able to open back up. And the landlord was asking for more money. And we had to make that hard decision. Yeah. Obviously, me and Lucas were planning to open up uh, again at some point, um, and it looked like we weren't going to go back in the lockdown until we opened up again this time. And then uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Like this happened in 2021. Like I was sitting on New Year's with my wife, and my wife was like, "Everyone's so excited about 2021," and she's like, "I don't, I don't understand why they're excited because it's going to be more of the same shit." I agree. Uh, and um, I felt the same way this year too. Like I was, yep. we were sitting on the couch. Like I, I, I'm not even that old, but I got kids, so we can't go fucking party and shit, right? So yep. I'm just sitting on the couch in years. I'm like, 2022 is gonna be more of the same shit. And then, for sure. And then we, lo and behold, two days into the into the pandemic, everything shut down again. Yeah, yeah. I never thought that we weren't gonna go in lockdowns here. Um, you know, if the vaccines are on our way out of this, and we've all been vaccinated, we're at like 90 percent vaccination rate. 
Yeah. If we can't take a hard stand now and say like we're not shutting down, then we have no hope. So I was more hoping other people were going to uh, protest this one a little bit more, which they're obviously not. Yeah. Um, and here we are. Now I know you've been quite vocal about things that are going on, and and rightfully so. I don't think um, I think that if we peel the layers back of this thing, uh, we can kind of see what's going on, but. Unfortunately, we live in Canada, and uh, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's a great place to fucking live, but I mean, our pe- the people in Canada are not seem to be as awake as other countries um, around the globe. Uh, like one of the things I wanted to just ask you is, what do you, what do you think is what's the difference? Why is Canada so far behind in kind of peeling back the layers and seeing what's going on? Well, there's a couple things I think to take consideration here. Canadians have this anti-American approach where if they do yeah. something, we have to do the exact opposite because we're better than them. We've yeah. always had this uh, this stance and in this kind of situation where they're opening up and killing lives, we're saving lives. So we're doubling down on uh, not being them. I, I almost imagine if their roles were reversed and they were closing down, we would open up. Yeah. It's always kind of been that way between us and the States, although we have a close relationship. Um, and we also have a, a society that doesn't follow politics, that doesn't pay attention. They vote more by like ideology as opposed to reality. Yeah. You know, we think that we have uh, like two or three different conservative parties, in, or sorry, right-leaning parties here. We have one right-leaning party. That's the People's Party. Yeah. People have no idea that conservative parties left to center. We, oh. We're so ignorant. 100%. 100%. And, uh, I mean, that came down to the – this was the first election where – like I, I publicly always tell people, I, I vote conservative. That's just the way me and my family, uh, our values align. This was our first time where we did it, and it was uh, for a few reasons because people vote according to the way things are, and I voted this time to where I want the country to head to. Right, yeah. and uh, that's a good point. Actually, I was thinking about that before the election too. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and um. Like it's nobody's business, but I'll, I'll straight up tell public. I, we voted for the PPC, and knowing yeah. that, knowing that in our area, we're at Young and Eglinton, we're in Wokeville, Toronto. Uh, knowing that it would leave no mark on the results of the election, um, and rightfully so, when we looked at their numbers, it was it was not even not even close. Our, our writing was won by a liberal, was easy, um, yeah. and but. That being said, I went to sleep that night knowing I did the right thing for me and my family because I voted for the direction I wanted the country to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people got lost in this last election. Like, I, I'm, I'm a realist. I face facts. Like, there was a very small chance Maxine was going to win. Yeah, overall. almost none. Yeah. Almost none because it, it goes by seats, right? But if yep. you look at the... If you look at the numbers of how things went in this this particularly this last election, and this is going back to your point, how we compare it to America all the time, we we're more divided than the Americans are. I would think so. In, in my opinion, because because of what you said, we don't have clear set parties. One's right leaning, one's they're all over the fucking place. Yeah. Well, I think we're divided more on the COVID front. Um, they're probably a little bit more divided on some of the racial issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
doped by politics too. No, no, those are both. I mean, that's a whole another fucking two hour yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, um, the the right leaning politics in the states, like one of the things I admire about the U.S. is uh, is regardless of what side that those guys stand on, it's they stand their ground. If if they hold if they hold those beliefs, they kind of hold those beliefs and. Yep. And it's one of the things I admire about Americans, and I admire more and more and more now, especially because looking at what's going on in Canada, um, I'm kind of coming to the realization that not many people have a belief system here. Or, no, no, absolutely not. You know, if you ask somebody, like, tell me the most important thing to human life, they'd probably say, well, you know, I probably think healthcare. I'm like, how? How is healthcare number one? Yeah. <laughs> if you're forming a society, you're going to say healthcare is the most important thing. Wouldn't freedom of speech be the first thing? Because if you don't have freedom of speech, how are we going to have a real conversation about healthcare? Yeah. You haven't really thought about this topic. And most Canadians haven't. No. And uh, I mean, do you think it's a problem with immigration? That would be one of my um, first. You know, the immigration one, I, I try not to go down the, the, the immigration avenue too much. Um, it, do we have an immigration issue? For sure. Um, do I believe immigrate, immigrants should be coming here? Uh, absolutely. We're, we're all immigrants to Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge believer in having a multicultural country. Um, now, how we do it has to... Canada comes first. Uh, that's what I, when I think about immigration. Canada comes first, and longevity of Canada comes first, and then adding to Canada. We're like just adding to Canada and like seeing whatever happens right now. Yeah, and I mean... I don't think a lot of people know this, but I know it because, uh, you know, me and my wife are, are Jesus freaks, so we're very involved in our church. And yep. we have a lot of um, a lot of Brazilians coming over, right? And and I've seen this with my parents, too. My parents are immigrants from uh, South America. And yep. when, when a government brings in people rather easily, which they're doing right now, um, the immigrants tend to feel like they owe the certain sure. government um, a, a due or something yep. because, because they're the one that's brought them over. And I'll, I don't want to call out my, my, my family, but I'm going to because it, it's I see it quite frequently. Like my parents and my family and my extended family, they've been here for 40, 50, 60 plus years. Like my dad's 70. They've, they've, they've been here for a while. And mm -hmm. you would think over the span of 70 years, 60 years they that loyalty wouldn't have like they feel like they owe the government that was in power yeah yeah they yeah. were immigrating to canada uh, a jew like if for sure we don't, if we don't vote for them then you know we're, we're not being loyal to that party yeah and and but then when this policy comes through when they have different policies and and they're the first ones to disagree like yeah. oh that's stupid I'm like you voted for that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so I, I'm not a, like like you said. I'm not against immigration. I think all immigrants have value to any country, uh, and it's one of the key things that make Canada such a great country. Yes. However, yeah. uh, however, yeah. I feel like um, because of our sort of speak open border policy over the last how long has Trudeau been in eight years almost? So, oh. A lifetime now. <laughs> it's gonna keep. It's gonna keep going. But I, but I feel like since that time, and I'm not just picking on uh, the Liberal Party. Like it, it, there was an issue, but a bit before too. Um, there's that little bit of hesitancy, and I think also too, 
when you have this many immigrants coming into a country and you have this global situation happening, those people are a little nervous still to speak up because they yep. still they still feel like um, they're new here. They don't have yep. the right they don't have the right to complain about anything. But yep. newsflash. As long as you have a citizenship, you have the right to complain about anything the fuck you want. Yeah, the exact same right I have. Like, exactly, and I think that's where we're 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 losing a lot of people. And and I don't know if you looked at the statistics, but like out west, Alberta, those guys, they must feel like a pack of shit right now because the only votes that really matter in this country are t- Toronto and Quebec. Like it yeah. pretty much dictates. In Quebec, well, like, oh, that's the whole mess. Our yeah, system is an absolute mess. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. What do you think about that piece of shit running that province over there? He's a scumbag. And everybody supports him. You're a scumbag. Yeah. You're going to tax people because they didn't get the vaccine. You're going to stop them from going to essential services. You're going to put a curfew on them. Like, this is not freedom at all. What are we even talking about? Yeah. But, but people tend to, to fall. Like, why does he have such a, a hold on that province, you think? Well, you know, I think you got to live in that province to fully understand the province because it's it's a completely different political scene than it would be out west. It would be in Ontario and out east. It has its own gravitational pull, and I don't fully understand it. If I had to guess, some of it has to do with uh, the amount of people they have on government subsidies and how little they pay and how much they take from other provinces. There, there's a, a lot of things to take consideration there, but they're, they're definitely not pulling their weight. No. And one of the things I read a few weeks ago was that, I mean, they have a provincial election coming up too, but the last provincial election they had, he won by a landslide because it's basically corporate. He has a lot of corporate interest into that party. And I think the the closest party next to them is the Liberal Party. And it's not even close. It's like a 30-point lead. Um, Well, and they're supposed to be the most corrupt government in Ontario. Sorry, in Canada too. Which one? The Quebec government. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a travesty that we have our prime minister who, who clearly has financial interests with like companies like SNC, Lavalier, and, and has done yeah. shady shit. Like, very public shady shit. Daily, almost. And um, no, no punishment has been handed down from anything. And it's no. almost like some of the opposition parties seem to just forget it. Right, like, well, I I don't think there's been a good success rate on attacking because people that hate Trudeau hate him already, and people that like him like him. So you need to win some more people that like him, and attacking him hasn't led to more votes. I, I think that's the approach that they're taking. Yeah. So they're waiting for like the big one where everybody's like, "Holy crap, this is too far." We obviously have to kind of side with somebody else, or they're trying to find people with new policies. Like the new Conservative Party was a very liberal approach. Yeah, you know, they, the, they completely the, changed their politics there. Oh, oh, O'Toole didn't pick a side. He was just playing the whole middle the whole time, and you know the election finished and he disappeared. It was for sure. And you know what, man? I think I actually think he didn't do an awful job. If you're trying to win the people in the middle, you're trying to win the moderates. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did an awful job. What I didn't like, and where I think he lost people, or I think to the PPC, is that he wouldn't say I don't support forced vaccines. Yeah. If he said that, I think it would have won a lot more people. Uh, and quite a few more seats as well. Like um, yeah. the the issue I see with the Conservative Party, and, and 
I would jump right back on if I saw the leader, like, you know, Pierre Polivare. Yeah. Um, he, to me, is the leader that that party needs. I think Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I. Sorry, he's ahead. the only leader we have in Canada right now that that is actually trying to fight for Canadians. Well, sir, that's not fair. He's the only one at the top that has a big name. Yeah, and he's and he, the way he speaks, I feel like like he's not a physically imposing guy. He's no Putin. He's not going to walk into a room and physically intimidate guys. No. But when he speaks, like when you hear him speak in that, when he's in the house questioning no. people, he has a presence. And he, he has an ability to frustrate the shit out of people because he, well, because he has numbers. <laughs> he, he, he's very educated. And yeah. when he has his uh, avenue, like to the point he's trying to get across, he'll just keep hammering it and keep hammering it and keep hammering yeah. it. And I've seen um, opposition, liberals, a- anybody he has been speaking to, they, they actually hate talking to that guy. Because, For sure, I would too. <laughs> because they know that um, uh, they're they're going to get backed into a corner, and I think, yeah. and that's a, that's one of the problems that what, uh, a lot of Canadians have is when they see those things, they don't they don't take it into account. Like, yeah. the, you have these these debates that go on. And that's what Canada's about. You, know, you can't just put in a law and and go about For it. Sure. There's yeah. there, there's these debates and these these talking and they go into the house and they, they talk about it. Like he really backs these people into a corner where they're not making any sense when they respond. Yeah. But Canadians well, if they to, respond. If they respond. And Canadians just seem to like ignore the fact that these people can't respond to these questions. It's just yeah. like with, with with regards to our, our finances, I mean Canada is in a big fucking hole. In terms of an astronomical hole, they got a hole that we might not get out for a hundred years. A hole that kids are gonna are be are be gonna pay for, right? Yeah, you know, we used to take this approach where we used to protect the kids and shelter the kids. Kids. Uh, I was watching a documentary, the World War Two in color. Okay. And uh, Britain was being attacked by the Nazis, and I think it was London specifically. And London took all the little kids and they took them out to the countries and the, the parents, the, the fathers and moms and dads stayed inside the city and did all the work around the city. Yeah. So they wanted to protect the kids. Now what we're doing is we're throwing the kids in the middle of the city and the parents are moving out to the outside. We don't give a shit about the kids' future. We don't give a fuck about protecting them. Like nothing is a vaccine. I took this vaccine. Why are we giving it to kids? Yeah. Why, 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 are we, why are we putting them in harm's way? Why are we racking up the debt? Like, even when you go camping, you go to a campsite, the idea is to leave the campsite cleaner than you, you got it, right? Take one piece of garbage with you. We're now just throwing all our garbage and leaving it for the kids to deal with in 10 years, 20 years, 100 years from now. Yeah. That's insanity. And um, I, I don't think parents care at this point. Like, they think they're doing something noble. Yeah. And uh, as a parent myself, I'm extremely fortunate that my kids aren't in the school system right now because they're, they're a little too young. But my yeah. daughter, my daughter she's supposed to start next year and we are about 95 to almost 100 percent not going to send her this first year because yeah. first of all i'm not sending my kid to school in a mask it's just it's not it's not happening and okay. like I, i'm not an anti-mask like everyone likes to, the minute you say something like you're anti this like fuck you no my, my, those, are, my those are stupid arguments because you're not even having the conversation yeah, exactly. And the reason I don't want to send my kid to school on a mask is because I don't think that she needs to wear one, and I don't think it's necessary 
And I also don't think that it's good for her development to be wearing. Like I, I don't think any of those arguments are really refutable. The arguments are absolutely true. Yeah. Like I have my in-laws. She had her daughter go to school uh, for the first time, uh, junior kindergarten or senior kindergarten. I can't remember, but it's, it's, it's the same shit. And what she noticed was is that after sending her daughter to school for three, four, five hours a day, coming back home, she stopped being able to recognize facial, uh, like if she was mad at her because she was staring at a uh, an adult all day in a mask. Yeah. So there's no facial recognition. There's no cues. There's no, uh, like, the, like see, how me and you are talking through a computer, but I can still understand you know, if, sure, yeah. if, if you're fucking pissed off at me or if you're happy or if you're fucking laughing. Like, when you're wearing a mask, you can't tell if another person's smiling. For sure. Well, especially a kid, like, we kind of understand it. Us missing years of seeing facial recognition, we'll go back to what we remember from the last 30 years. Yeah. The kid has no no data, no memory of that stuff. Yeah. And you're, you're missing a, a very important important developmental years of their life. And like, and uh, who knows what the long term ramifications of that are? Who knows? Oh, they're going to be dramatic, and I mean that's why I'm I'm extremely thankful my kids were young, and I was able to kind of shelter them from a lot of the, the bullshit that was going on. But like, yep, I think a week and a half ago, two weeks it snowed. I took the kids to the hill to do some like tobogganing and shit, and we go down the hill. And my my son, he's a fucking menace. He goes running, and he goes up to a group of kids, smiling like he's 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 freaking. It was he's two years old. He's not like yeah. He's not. He's not a fucking threat. And these two younger kids, they couldn't be more than grade three or four. And they're like, "Oh, you're so cute. Sorry, we can't come close because of COVID." Oh and, I, and I'm like, I didn't say anything to them. I just picked up my kid, but I I walked away, and I'm like, "That's like a grade someone in grade three or grade four. Yeah, who's afraid of a baby? Yeah, outside, and they're wearing masks too. Yeah, like well." So this is the thing with the mask. What are these masks doing? And I'm not anti-masker. I'm anti-doing dumb shit. When yeah. you're wearing a cloth mask, if you can smell cookies through your mask, guess what it's not doing? It's not protecting you. Yeah. I don't wear my mask no more. Um, in, in the condo I live in, I got, I came from the basement all the way up to the 10th floor. But I stopped to the first floor, and there was a, a lady and her kid there. And as soon as the doors open, the kids see me without a mask on. The kids started crying. Really? Kids started crying. The lady's like, it's okay. He's leaving. He's leaving. I'm no threat to you. Well, what do you, what did you teach your kid behind closed doors? Yeah. Like, I'm uh, vaccinated. I've recovered from COVID. I don't understand what the issue is. And if you want to wear a mask, you shouldn't be wearing these cloth masks. Wear an N95 mask. Wear a real respirator. We have real things out there that will protect you 99%. Yeah. And but we, we all want a virtue signal put on these cloth masks. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I'll, I'll say I never wore a fucking mask in my building. I, I, I just, I just walk around and do whatever yeah. I want to do. Um, but I've had a couple same situations where, okay, I was in the elevator. I'm the fucking guy in the elevator. I was there first. The girl comes in. She's like, you got to put your mask on. Like, no. Uh, and she's like, well, she starts, she holds the button. Right? She's like, well, we're not going to go until you put your mask on. I'm like, well. I have a fucking chicken right here I just picked up from Costco. Like, I'm good. I can sit here and eat my chicken all fucking day, and we can be yeah. here for 25 hours. So you got to let go of that bun, or you can get out. I'm not, like, putting it on. And it wasn't yeah. – and I'm not doing it because I'm I'm an asshole. But, like, if I was the one coming in and she was first, sure, I'll I'll get out and you go mm-hmm. up. And I don't mind taking the stairs. But, like, yeah. don't, don't come in and try to, like, 
do that to me. Like it, it, it's, I mean, I'm fortunate I didn't have many of those incidents, but I mean, those are the things that kind of get to you. Yeah, <laughs> like, for you sure. Get, and and again, it's not, it's not providing any more safety. No, no. It absolutely is not. These masks are a joke. It's embarrassing. Show me the studies that say these cloth masks do anything. And you can't tell me it protects you 5%. 5%, 10%, fuck out of here with that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, do you think at this point the mask is more of a political statement than it is for protection? Uh, it's a sign of compliance. It's a sign of, you know, we're part of the... The coalition of we don't like COVID. That's yeah. all it is. Most people do not care that I don't wear a mask. There's a few people that care a lot, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's it's a I mean it's a virtue signaling thing at this point too. Uh, Absolutely. And I mean, if you go across, just like right across the border, it's like uh, right versus left thing. The le people who lean on the left, we wear the mask. Uh, people who were on the right, they're they're non-maskers. They just want to kill people. And, and I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. Absolutely not. But I'll buy people N95 masks if they're scared. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I've been out of a job for a year and a half. So it's not about money. It's, yeah. it's not about safety. It's virtual thing, like you're saying. Yeah. And, but how do, like, I think a lot of the questions that people are having now and, and because you're a martial artist and you're in very good control of your emotions, well, at least we are most of the time, not all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, how how do we deal with this conflict on a daily basis? Because like what I'm noticing now is individuals are having issues mentally because this is what our fourth time going through this, right? Yeah. Some people have complied their whole way through. They've done everything. They've taken their shots. They've socially distanced. They've sacrificed family events. They've sacrificed work, pleasure, a whole lot of you listed off. Um, yeah. And what I'm noticing now is people are saying, well, what was the point? We're right back where we started two years ago. That's a good um, question. But what's the point? As, as somebody who's in complete control of the, the themselves, right? Um, how do how do people kind of break out of this now? Because I can see this being a hell of a mental struggle. Well, you know, I think the way Canadians do this is we avoid real conversations. I don't think that's the, the way forward. I think we should have real conversations. If you're in a, a group setting and someone says something that is absolutely wrong, you disagree, have a conversation. Don't be a dick about it. But yeah. say, you know, this is how I see it. And work your way through it. Because an emergency doesn't last two years. An emergency is quickly and swiftly dealt with, and then we move on. This is life now. If you think COVID is going away, if you felt the narrative that we were going to get rid of, eradicate COVID uh, via the vaccine, you were lied to. They never thought that was possible. So we have to deal with this. And if you want to sit inside, I support your right to do that the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. That's your life, right? <laughs> if you want to sit inside and hide away, go ahead and do it. And because I don't want it, it doesn't make me a, a far-right extremist. I, I'm a liberal voter. Like My, my values are almost completely liberal. Not yeah. this liberal party. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> a, a traditional liberal sense, right? Yeah. I'm center yeah. of left. Yeah. And, and, and I think when I say that we lean more conservative, like me and my wife, uh, it's, it's often like uh, misunderstood uh, because a lot of the things I stand for are right in, right in, in the fucking middle, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, there's certain issues where I'm like, okay, I understand your point of view. Uh, yeah. I respect your point of view. I don't necessarily agree with it, but, 
I understand it. And I, I, we try to find a middle ground. I mean, that's what democracy should be, right? For sure. And you know what, man? You know what I think we got away from? The middle ground for most people, most people in this world, is that they want to help people out. Yeah. They don't want to fuck people. They don't want to hurt them. Now, how they digest that and how they think like helping people out is a little bit different. But we think if you don't agree with me, you're a bad person to want to help people. That's not usually the case from my understanding or from my, my conversation with people. Yeah. And I mean, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's frustrating to talk about it, but, uh, you know, I, people's mental health is suffering now. <clears throat> it's, it's, um, and like, I'm, 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 I'm an open book. I like, that's why I do this shit. That's why I started a podcast. And that's why I, I like when this last lockdown hit, like, uh, like it was either this Monday or Sunday or something like that. Like it was a rough day, right? Yeah. It was like, it was like, fuck man. Now I have to adjust again. I'm getting healthy. I was in a routine to get back to doing the things I love to do to competing and all that stuff. And I was feeling good about myself. And now we just, boom, we hit a wall again. Right. But you know, people like me and you who have done something difficult, like mixed martial arts, like it's one of the more, difficult things to do as a human being. I have to be. There's a few things out there I can think of on top of my head, but not that many. Not that many. So it gives us a little bit of a mental edge to break through some of those barriers because we have to do it to compete just or even to train sometimes with, with hard guys. You know, when you, you, uh, a good black belt rocks into the room, you're like, fuck, that guy, right? It, there's always mental things you have to overcome. Now, the general population, they don't have that. That those tools in their tool bag, and so when these hard times, these hard situations come along, they hit a wall, and it's not it's not just for a day; it's for a long time. Um, I know that you've been quite vocal about people reaching out uh, if they're struggling. Uh, How how else? What else can they do? What else can we do to support these people? Because at this point in this pandemic, or I don't even call it a pandemic anymore. This is a mental warfare state, right? Mm-hmm. This is a war on consciousness. How 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 can people like basically keep themselves from falling over the edge? Well, you gotta get out and start living life. You gotta have a social circle, right? All the things that we we had before the pandemic, things that we were seen important, family, uh, fitness, uh, community, all those things. We gotta get back to them. Yeah, and just because your government says don't see your friends, don't uh, go work out, don't do all these things, uh, doesn't mean that's right. Go do it. And uh, but I th- I think most people are afraid of the fines, like the pen the the penalties. You know what I mean? I, I'm 100 percent with you. I get it. I don't have money to pay the fines. However, yeah. if I don't believe a law is just, that doesn't yeah. mean that we should just follow it blindly. Yeah, that's not democracy. That's not freedom. If a, if a law doesn't make any sense and does not lead to a better outcome, why are we accepting it? Why does a society accept it? Yeah. And do you think it's because Canadians are just, uh, I mean, a lot of people say Canadians are weak. Do you think that's the case? Um, no, no. I, I don't think Canadians are weak. Um, I, I can't believe that. I think Canadians are lazy. I think Canadians aren't doing their homework. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of heated conversations with people that have these really strong beliefs on COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you know what you're saying is absolutely wrong? Well, no, I heard it on the news. I'm like, well, it's absolutely wrong. Yeah. So I think I think people get in the habit of watching one news source, um, not critical thinking, and because they haven't really been affected by lockdowns and stuff like that, they assume that nobody's been affected by all this. 
Yeah. And I, well, what you just said was really important there because I'm like a lot of my clients, a lot of people I work with, a lot of people that I have through my business, they're not affected by this. Yeah. They, what, it seemed, I was going to say last March, but it's been that fucking long. <laughs> two years ago in March when, yeah. when, when they said we're locking down and two weeks to flatten the curve. Their work set them up with a remote station. Their paycheck never changed. Yeah. Um, nothing changed in terms of finances for them, except yeah. for the the changes to lifestyle. Like you're not able yeah. to go, and so they were still able to buy shit. They were still able to put food on their table. That was one of the worries that they never had. Mm-hmm. And where I I haven't had that worry either, right? But that wasn't because of I wasn't affected. That was just because of hard work. I, I I realized what was going on really fucking early and I'm like no, if I don't step shit up, I'm gonna fucking we're gonna get we're gonna get squashed, right? Okay. So I I'm fortunate in that sense where I, I had that work ethic. But a lot of people they regardless of work ethic, they got fucked. Yeah. Right? And I and I think you you guys were a good example of at the start, you guys got fucked. Like a lot of martial arts schools got fucked. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not going to air anybody's uh, biz- personal business out there, but there's a lot of places I train at now that they've taken their own personal finances just to keep the place open. Absolutely. That's, that's, why, that's what you had to do because the government didn't support you. Yeah. And, and a lot of people didn't realize those subsidies didn't really come that easy. Well, they went to the, the Leeds friends. They went to Justin Giroux's friends. They went yeah. to Eric Canada. They went to Lululemon. All these people got it. Yeah, and uh, Good Life got it. But uh, yeah. but for the small business, like from what I understand, is you can be on the hook for three months rent, right? Like say you owe three months rent, but the check doesn't come every month. It was like yeah. sometimes in a lump sum. So like the landlords are attacking uh, uh, their clients. Hey, what the hell? Where's the money? Yeah, right? and, and rightfully uh, so because they need money too. Like yeah. I'm not mad at them. No, you can't be mad at them. They're they're running a business as well, right? Yeah. And um, but the money wasn't just free flowing. And then like the Serb was another thing. I mean, that was another shit fuck because people were taking the Serb. We didn't need the Serb. Of course, I know people in my family that that probably benefited, probably made more money in their entire life in the last two years than they have ever. And they obviously support these lockdowns because of that, not because yeah. they're moral, not because they want to save any lives. Yeah. And do you think that's why some Canadians are are still on, you know, team COVID? Yeah, for sure. So being like every side, every if if you think we should have more freedom, or if you think we should be locking up, every side has a bad group in it. Because there's a, a side that says we want freedom, and there's a group of people that don't give a shit about people's lives. They don't care if people die or live as long as they get what they want. And I'm not really in line with them. And there's people on this side that say we want lockdowns, not because they actually want to save lives, but because they want free subsidies and they don't want to have to go back to work and. You know, want to uh, take their life in their own hand. So we, we got to understand that each side, there are good people that want the lockdowns, and there's bad people that uh, sort of want the lockdowns. And on our side, there's bad people that don't want the, or sort of want freedom, and there's good people that want to prioritize freedoms. Yeah. Right? So just because everybody has the same stance, it doesn't mean they have the same reason. Yeah. And I mean, the CERB kind of hurt us in a lot of sense because it really killed the the service industry. Like, People who are making minimum wage were making more money not working than working. Yep. Right? I've heard a lot of horror stories about that. Uh, like, like what? In terms of 
so employees coming back and saying they only want cash, so they still collect their EI or not their EI, their CERB. Um, just strongholding the uh, the owners into you know some shady some shady dealings. Well, and then Ontario this year increases the minimum wage again, therefore putting more pressure on small businesses, right? Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's just a dollar." I'm like, "Well, if you understand anything about economics, that that fucking dollar goes a long way, man." They don't, and they also don't understand where that dollar comes from. If I own a business and the government says I have to pay my employee, which I, I have never paid an employee employee of mine minimum wage. So yeah. before we go on road, I've never paid an employee minimum yeah. wage. So if the government tells me I gotta pay an employee a dollar more, it's not coming out of my pocket. It's gonna come out of your pocket, the client. So yeah. that's where inflation comes from. We don't understand this is a cycle. And some of these places that we, we look up to, we look up Sweden, they don't have a minimum wage. Yeah. So how do we look up to them? We have to understand there's more to these uh, complex situations than just throwing money at the problem. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's been a lot of money thrown at from here in Canada to the point where we're in a super deficit, and the inflation is tremendous right now. Uh, I mean, look at the price of, of gas. Like, fortunately, I, I, I invest, so I can time shit. I know, like, I know if oil goes up $2, I know in three days it's going to go up here, yep. right? Um, but for a country that's so rich in natural resources, like we look at the province of Alberta, like fucking hell, they're a gold mine to supply Canada with energy. Yet we are still buying energy from other. Well, countries. when your country's ran by an ideologue that has no idea how to run a country, what do you expect? Yeah, and we should be using our natural resources. And you know what we should do? We should take in that money to help fund and improve um, going green. Yeah. Not shutting it down. Why are we going to make ourselves go broke? We can go 100% zero emissions, and if China doesn't do anything, if India doesn't do anything, guess what? It's not it doesn't work. make a difference. It doesn't work. And it's, and it's not like, like we're not buying oil. We're still buying oil from countries that disrespect human rights and uh, the natural environment. Yeah. And what are we doing? And I, and, I, and I think this is where the, the people who are super, I, I wouldn't say less, but people who are very environmentally conscious, this is where they kind of get lost in this fray because they think that this transition to green energy is like resisted it's, it's not i think everybody on every side can agree that you know as a collective effort we could do more to keep canada looking the fucking way it looks like yes it's a beautiful fucking place we don't want it to look like shit right if we continue to burn natural oils and all that kind of shit eventually it runs out. It causes damage. I don't think anyone's denying that. At the rate that they're claiming... There are extremists, but no, very few people. Yeah. Very few. I, I'm not a climate change denier. I don't believe every narrative that they're pushing and the rates that they're happening, yeah. uh, that, they, that they're done. But I'm not a denier that we need to be more conscious of, of those kind of things. But I'm also not retarded. And I, and I know that you can't literally say in 2030, we're going to be fucking net free. It's, it's physically fucking impossible. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Explain to me. How will we possibly do that? How can we possibly... Like, I, bought, I have a Honda Civic that runs on fucking gas. I'm not trading it in for a fucking green car right now. No, yeah. I'm not. The lifespan of my car, I'm driving it to the fucking end. And it's not going to yeah. be 2030. I'm yeah. telling... And, and, like, people are retarded. That, like, you're going to put a tax... Like, look at California. They're going to put a tax on gas-powered cars in, like, two years. I'm like... The electric vehicle space is not that friendly yet. So we don't well, have... It's, it's also not that clear that it's going to save us the way we hope it does. Yeah. 
like what is it? I think it takes 10 years for an electric car to catch up to, to save the amount of fossil fuel or emissions. It takes 10 years for uh, an electric car to be on the road or something like that. But also, what do we do with the batteries at the end of it? Yeah. We just put them aside. They're not going to do any damage to the earth. <laughs> Have we not thought about this? Yeah. And, and like, that's why Alberta, I feel really bad for, especially the people who work out there. Who, uh, yeah. um, because I think everyone thinks that they're like these fossil fueling burning. Like, no, if, these companies can safely transition over 5, 10, 15 years to a cleaner. So th these people aren't going to be unemployed. They will just have a different role on how to produce energy within those companies, right? Well, the problem is we don't have a government. We have a, a group of activists around the country. Yeah. That's the problem. How do we fix that? I mean, obviously, voting them out. How do we how? fix that? <laughs> it, it, it's, a lot yeah. it's pretty simple. But I think at this point, people's. Um, attitude is, is like, well, we vote them out, the next guy's just as bad, right? Um, well, we could maybe, like you're saying, you, you voted on the um, uh, PPC, right? Yeah. And not necessarily because Maxime aligns with all your values, but you believe Canada needs a pullback right. Because if this is the center, our parties are over here, and the party we have is all the way over here. We yeah. need a pullback center. And that, that would be a lot of it, is getting our parties back to center, having our parties talk about important things that are important to Canadians um, today, not, not, you know, all the big picture stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kona's sneezing? No, that's the other one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, do you think government's too big? Do you think a smaller government is something Canada could benefit from right now? I, I don't think you can make an argument that government needs to be bigger. Um, government always should be smaller. I think the, the closest government should be handling the issue. Meaning right? like provincial? The closest, uh, you would go, um, you know, city, and then provincial, and then federal. Of course, yeah. I think that's the way it is. What Alberta has, the issues they have, is much different than the Ontario, which is much different than the East Coast issues. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do believe government needs to be smaller. Um, I, I think government needs to be less involved in our life, obviously. And I don't necessarily know Pre-COVID, they weren't always involved in our life. And I think even for us, coming from the MMA community, the MMA community was a fucking disaster in Ontario because the government was over-involved. And I was still okay with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of the MMA, they just put out the uh, the exemptions for training. Apparently, professional mixed martial arts is, is not allowed anymore. Like, it's absolutely, absolutely embarrassing. And my, my team will not stop training because rules like that are not just, they don't make any sense. Well, if you're in the NHL, you can. If you're going to the Olympics to fucking do anything, you can. Fuck that. Yeah, well, I know an Olympic wrestler who was ticketed for training last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, here in the city. Um, like, where, where is that coming from? Like, how? Because they have a bunch of idiots in charge. They don't <laughs> think about this shit. So I, I would, if I had to be honest about the situation, I would guess most policies are based off of financial reward for the government. Yeah. And the NHL, regardless if they had fans or not, there's a financial reward for the government that allowed them to play. Yeah. Ontario, when was the last time we had an MMA event here? If Ontario had a decent commission, we would have more events every year, be more financially feasible for the Ontario government to see that there is a, a, a reason to kind of support this sport. And then maybe through the pandemic, they say, okay, maybe we should let them train. Yeah. Because we're not bringing money, we're not we're not helping up the economy uh, on the, the level the UFC and the major organizations should be. 
because of our, our government and our commissions, that they're just like, fuck it. Why do we need them to train? They're not bringing money anyways. Yeah. So she think the whole thing is just strictly financially driven? Like, I think right now, of course. Yeah. It's any port in the storm for the government. The government is it's financially broke. They have no money. Yeah. They're, well, they're just printing money. And then they're going to, they're, I mean, we're uh, a, sh- a few short weeks away from an uh, interest rate hike, which is going to, you know. We need that, though. Yeah, we need, like, it, it's needed to cool inflation. But yeah. I think, I think the misconception, like, I'm very fortunate. Some of my clients, they're like hedge fund guys. So they explain a lot of the e- economics to me. Yeah. So when, when interest rates go up, it's not an immediate, it's not an immediate. No, thing. no, no, no. You're not going to see a decline. Like you go to Costco, you're not your bill's not going to go down ten bucks. It's not. It's yeah. not. It doesn't happen like that. But the problem and the history of um, the policymakers of what they do is they'll increase an interest rate, and then a month will go by and nothing will change, right? Because they they, they feel to real there's an impatience game, right? They they're not patient enough. Like when you put in an interest rate hike, it pulls it down over a six month period. Yeah. So then they're like, "Shit, it's not cooling stuff down." People are complaining. Let's let's jack it up again, jack it up again, jack it up again. Then you all of a sudden you're up, uh, almost you know a percent or two percent over a year, which is almost drastic. It it, it, it fixes the problem in the end, but yeah, because of impatience of how bad it got in the first place, they always feel like they got to cool it down so quick, right? Yeah. And and I mean. We definitely need it. Like, if you haven't seen your grocery bill go up yet, like, I don't know what the fuck you're, where you're shopping. Tell me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Simple. Like, my wife went into uh, the store that they brought out like five things. I'm like, yeah, how much is that? She's like, oh, that was about 98 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. Like, for that. And I mean, we're okay, but imagine families were not. For sure. You're on that poverty line? Yeah. Like, how, we, we, we had this discussion before, like how many people were living paycheck to paycheck before the pandemic? Yeah. And well, you know, people aren't even doing that now. They're just living off their visa. Yeah. Like, how do you blame them? And that's even worse. That's mm-hmm. even, that's even worse. And, and what, what are they going to do? They're gonna, just not going to eat. No, you got to fuck. You got to, you got to eat. And I mean, going back to other, like look at what happened. Uh, the news that went viral this week with, um, that family, yeah, I think it was on BC at the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah, absolutely sickly. Yeah, uh, for 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 anybody who's listening who doesn't know, basically uh, a family of uh, I think the he's maybe eight years old, or less than that, but he has leukemia. Like he's, he's got a serious fucking condition, and they told the the parents because they're not vaccinated that they're not allowed to stay there. They're evicting him. They're kicking him out, and it's absolutely like this is one of those cases where. It's probably happening more than we know. For sure. And what the fuck? Like, put yourself in that person's shoes if that was your kid. Yeah. Like, like w- w- would you be happy? Would you just bend over and take that? You yeah. Know I mean? And that's what's happening in our country right now. Well, that's the thing, right? Because all these things that we're fighting over right now are moral stances. Take yeah. the vaccine because I'm morally superior than you. You didn't take the vaccine, you're not morally superior. And then you guys go this far. And like you're kicking out a kid that needs treatment. Yeah. Do you understand what you're doing? In the name of doing good, you have kicked a kid out of treatment. Congratulations. Do you still think you're doing good? And, and, and there are people who will say yes. 
Take the vaccine. Well, again, they're, they're ideologues. They're ideologues. They, they, they aren't thinking. They aren't actually digesting. And if you, if everything you you stand for is based off of um, thought and not actually outcome, it's always going to lead to a mess like this. Yeah. And, I mean, I, this, this, this case angers me, too, because if that was my kid, like I'd be like, you remember that movie John Q with fucking uh, yeah, absolutely. With absolutely. Washington? I'll be fucking barricading that hospital, being like, yo, give him the fucking treatment. Like I'm not absolutely. Coming, I I go to jail over that, right? But fortunately, I don't have to deal with that. But like, it's gotten to a point now where the population of people who have decided not to to take the vaccine, I think they're almost nervous about getting sick now because then because of this attack that has been coming from all all angles at them. Like, if I go to the hospital, they deny me treatment. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? And that's a, a given right. You pay taxes. That's part of uh, public health care. Yeah, you prepay for that health care. And that, this whole idea of, like, well, if you don't take the vaccine, you don't deserve health care. Are you going to give them the money back? Yeah. On average, can you pay about five, five thousand, or $5,000 to $5,500 a year in health care? Yeah. Are you going to give them that money back? What if that person hasn't used that for, let's say they're 50 and haven't used that healthcare at all for 30 years? You're yeah. going to give them all that money back? No. What, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, I mean, those are the small things that, you know, even though I love the U.S., those are the small things that separated Canada from the U.S. pre-pandemic. Like, the ability to, hey, I have a health card, I can go to the hospital, and I can get treatment. I might have to wait fucking six hours, but I... I can get treatment. I can get the care I need. Uh, but in America, you can't do that. Now we're crossing that line where we're going to be like that, but even worse. Yeah. Uh, right. Because not a lot of pe- because of the way our system is run, not a lot of people have private health insurance, like in the U.S. Like in the U.S., most people they have a private health insurance because it's not there's no public health care mm-hmm. system. Now you're crossing the line where you're going to say you're denied access to healthcare, but you don't have you don't have the other option. You don't have the other option. So what the fuck? I'm just going to lay in the street and die. Like I know two or three people who have cancer now. Like one one of my friends that I trained with jujitsu, he his wife has just developed cancer. I don't know what stage. That's none of my business, but it's terrible altogether. My my mom had it, so I know. She's more nervous about her, like she's vaccinated and all that shit, but she's still nervous about her access to care uh, rather than focusing on getting healthy, right? Because of lockdowns, they're more nervous that she's not going to be able to receive the treatment that she rightfully deserves. Um, And instead of, like, that just adds on to, like, if for people who don't understand health, stress is a big, like, that can exasperate any condition that you have, right? And for someone who's going through something like that, that's a, a stress that they don't even need. And they've done all the right things according to the government. They did all yep. the, you know, they got all their shots, they did everything. But still, no, you're not going to get access to it. Like, yep. when the fuck are we talking about here? It's crazy. I, I, I mean, we can go in circles and circles and circles about it, but um, as somebody who's critical, like, I would, I would, put you in the weight class as a critical thinker, right? Try to be. Some of these critical thinking, how do we work our way out of this mess? I mean, we're three years into this. How, do, how, how does an individual work 
their brain to start putting things together? By having conversation with people, speak up, say stuff to people. Um, you know, you don't have to be a jerk and be a bully about it. Yeah. But have these conversations. We have this um, this massive silent group of Canadians that, that don't say nothing. One, because they don't want to lose their job. And two, because they just don't want to be received as an asshole. Yeah. Like the worst possible thing we could do as Canadians is leave this country a worse place, and we're doing that. Yeah. So it's both time to have these conversations. Well, I mean, this is why I love doing podcasts and stuff because it, it gives people the ability to to have the conversation. It gives me the ability to have the conversations with yep. other people because sometimes I find when I'm just here sitting thinking about things into my to myself, it kind of makes me go a little nuts, right? But then when I get yep. to verbalize it with people, and uh, not everyone has to agree with me, I don't give a no, right? Yeah, but like. I've come across so many people who don't agree with me on a lot of things, and that, that's perfectly fine. Like, yeah, I have um, I have a client who's you know they're all about everything, and you know they got their kids vaccinated and all that stuff. And I don't necessarily agree with all their stances on everything, but they're that's nope. their that's their right to do so. And we talk about it, and we still have a great relationship. Like I I see them twice a week. I I, I help and. There's no animosity towards anything, and that's how it should be. But For sure. I believe in, I don't think you should get kids vaccinated by any means. Yeah. Um, well, okay, that's not true. I'm not a doctor. There, there's some situation, I'm sure, out there where they're like, this would make sense for the kid. Yeah. Um, but I believe in your right to, to make the decision for your kid. Whether I think it's right or wrong, that, that, that's part of freedom. I have to swallow some of my pride to say that you have the right to do something I think is wrong because it's within the law. Yeah. That, that's freedom, guys. And I'm, I, I look at somebody like, you know, Joe Rogan, he's a big polarizing figure in terms of uh, his podcast and his reach and his audience. And I, I listened to that, like I listened to about 30 minutes of the interview he did with uh, Dr. Malone uh, when, when it first came out, uh, like, two, or like only two weeks ago. It seems like forever ago since Christmas because all the shit we've gone through in Canada. Yeah, since, no right? kidding. Um, but I listened to the first half an hour and then I kind of, I stopped. And I, not because I didn't want to hear the rest, but I, I, I put our kids to sleep one night. I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, we need to listen to this together, right? And so we listened to it and we watched the interview together. And it was valuable data. That was all data driven. It was a great fucking interview because it actually reveals some of the truths that are out there with science, scientifically. Back data, and this is just going back to your, your comment on the kids' vaccination, right? And so I think a lot of the people's decisions are based on not understanding things. Like everyone's like, you got to look at the it's science. Fear, fear, fear. You got to look at the science. You got to look at the science. Well, I had COVID. My fucking kids were crawling all over me. Uh, I think most they had was a fever for yep. a couple hours, killed with a little ch children's Tylenol. They're good. The science shows that this virus doesn't go past the throat for kids, right? That's one of the reasons why they're so unaffected. I'm sure there are different cases. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, 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 there's variants and different cases for each and every kid. But statistically, they're not a threat. They're not a threat to, to, nope. to have significant death or illness from this virus. They're resilient. That's what kids are, right? They have growing immune systems. They're, they're resilient. and for me, it's like you're going to put an extra risk on them. Like, I think the big thing for me is myocarditis. It's very ununderstood, right? 
They think, they, they think oh, you, it, it's reversible. No, that's, that's a lifelong condition. For sure. Swelling, swelling of the heart. Like, my dad has heart condition. Inflammation of the heart is a lifelong thing. It's not something that is going to just be there temporarily yep. and go away. Like, the cure for it is by not doing anything. Like that's literally the case. yeah. So if you're if you're if one of the uh, side effects that your un- unfortunate your unfortunate your kid gets is myocarditis, you literally have to tell your kid stop running. Yeah. Stop playing. Yeah. Like and what other what other long term side effects too though? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And everybody can say, well, these are safe vaccines. Sure. Short term study, they seem relatively safe. What about the long term? That doesn't make any sense to give it to a kid. If you're 80 and you want to take it, yeah, you should be taking as many as you possibly can, I think. And I encourage my parents to. I I was exactly the same. When my, when my parents said they were getting the vaccine, I, at first in my head, I was like, mm, maybe, and but I didn't verbalize that to them. I was like, no, if you think that's the right thing for you guys, go ahead. Yep. Right? And lo and behold, my mom and dad got their little booster two weeks before Christmas, and they still fucking got the Omicron. Yep. And, yep. and and they're trying to censor that podcast, and he explains why. He explains yep. why people you're getting the same shot for the same strain of the virus. For sure, there's no there's no different in the uh, the vaccine, the first, the third one. Yeah, so no difference. So you, get, you sure you're you're protected against that fucking Delta and the original shit, but the new shit, you're Good not. Extent, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, it's a perfect example right within my own family of like, they, this is this is what's happening, and yep. and. The sooner we can kind of wake up and get out of it, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, I feel like I'm broken record going over and over and over. For sure. It, but, but, uh, the sooner we can wake up and kind of let other people, like, they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan now, which good luck. It's not going to fucking happen. Uh, first of all, he doesn't give a shit. Second of all, he has more ratings than fucking CNN and all those places combined. For sure. Like, uh, is 200 doctors are trying to go after him. I'm like, if you really think he's spreading that much misinformation, go on his show. That's why he had Gupta on there. Yep. Right? And yep. and prove him wrong. Like yep. like you said, have the discussion. If, mm-hmm. if, if your side is so right, if you're so right about everything, then go on and prove him wrong. Go on and prove Malone but, wrong. And I think that's why you're not seeing those conversations because it's not so clear and it's not so obvious. Both sides have great points. Yeah. Right? And both sides have stupid points. <laughs> exactly. So it's not that clear. But yeah. when one side's saying, no, we are absolutely right and you are absolutely wrong, you can't have that conversation because it's not going to turn out that way. You're both going to concede at some point. You're both going to be like, okay, well, yeah, now that we've had the conversation, it's a little bit more obvious what we should do, but we're not doing that. So we have to protect information. Censoring information usually doesn't imply that you have more or better information. Yeah. Right? So wow. you send, shouldn't you combat misinformation with real information? Wouldn't that be a great way? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a big thing going on right now, the censorship going on. Um, I I mean, I'm not like fucking Joe Rogan, so it's not like people are coming after me, right? Or it's the same with you. It's not like people are coming after you. But, you know, the minute you say anything online that goes against it, like, the algorithms will pick your ass up. Oh, and for sure. I, I, I've, I've noticed that. I've seen that. But that's just life. I uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's social media. You can fucking turn it off. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's sort of my point. Like, uh, cyber, cyber bullying. 
I, I never understood it because like if someone was being mean to me online, I just delete it and turn it off and it goes away. Right. But uh, like if you're not agreeing with the information that, that somebody's presenting, then maybe you shouldn't follow them anymore. Yeah. Right. Like if you don't agree with Joe Rogan's stance on stuff, then like I, I love the guy and I love his, his show, but I don't agree necessarily with everything he says. Right, no, there's not a person on earth I agree with everything they say. Exactly. So, like, if like if I don't like it, I turn it off. It's as yeah. simple as that. That's the power of that we have with all these technical devices. But it, I think that this cancel culture and these um, these short social networks, they think that you know everything that you consume should be what they want you to consume. What would they agree upon? Yeah. Whereas, that's your version of freedom. Freedom, like that's what you think freedom should be. Yeah, freedom as long as I agree to it. Like that's insane. Yeah, and um, and and, so, and it's it's not clicking with with a lot of people, and they don't they don't see it, and and it's sometimes it's because they don't consume media that much. It's because they haven't thought long enough, man. They haven't thought long. Enough. That's the problem. It's like when you're in the position that you feels right, and that is a side that's not going to get censored. It's really easy to be like, yeah. Let's censor, right? But yeah. work through that. Because at some point, you find yourself on the other side of that aisle. And then you're going to be censoring. But, well, this is absolutely wrong. No, this isn't absolutely wrong. That 10 years ago was absolutely wrong, and you accepted it. Yeah. And this is what you get now. Well, the way I kind of view it is, as a martial artist, you'd appreciate this, this way of viewing it, too, is like, if somebody says they have a technique that works awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, this, this, this choke will work 100% of the time. Well, well go ahead. Do it to me. Yeah, like let's let's try it out in, in rolling, or let's try it out in sparring and see if you can do it to me. And chances are, most of the time, it's a stupid fucking technique, and it's not going to work, mm-hmm. right? But the whole point is, is like having that discussion. Like martial arts is a discussion with physical abilities, right? Mm-hmm. So we have that we have that discussion. Okay, it didn't work. Well, why didn't it work? Let's troubleshoot it and come to a middle ground and find out if it is effective technique or not, because. You know, I've been coached by you before, and I know that there's some things I've done. You're like, Ashton, don't fucking do that. It's low percentage. Don't fucking do that. It's it's not right. Whereas, like you were saying before, discussion, right? If we were to simply just sit and talk about these these things together, well, we can find that middle ground, and everyone will be happy instead of. Or maybe not happy. Like you're always going <laughs> to unhappy people, right? Um, but at least everybody has the opportunity to be happy. Or understand each other's point of view, right? Yeah, it's, it's a fair, fair, fair playing ground. That's all. Did you think that people just don't want to understand other people's point of view now at this point? Well, the, the COVID issue, yeah, I don't think people want to understand. Um, I, I think they've dug their heels in at this point. If you're two years into something and you're not willing to to kind of digest the other side, you've dug your heels in. There's there's no real safe in you. Yeah, and I mean, I think you brought up a really good point where you're saying like not every side of this is right. You know what I mean? Nope. If you're against everything, not everything that you're against is right. Not every, like in my opinion, I, I, this is my personal opinion. I do think certain public health measures do need to be in place yep. for certain times, right? Lockdowns, absolutely not hundred percent. No, but I do think that, you know, limiting amount of people in certain places during outbreaks does help. A little bit, but not really, right? I think. Well, it depends on your version. What's health? Yeah. Do we, well, 
Like, do we think we're going to end with less deaths in Sweden in a year and a half from now? Or are we going to catch them? We're going to catch them. We're going to catch it. But my point is, like, Costco. Let's look, like take a, a, a glaring example, right? Costco has a, let's hypothetically speak, a, a, a limit of a thousand people, right? If I was to tell Costco, you have to reduce by 10%, it's not going to fucking change much, mm-hmm. right? Um, but maybe it will. And that's the problem, though. We don't have evidence that any of these measures change things, right? Well, so we, we do have kind of evidence that, or sorry, suggests that lockdowns don't do too much. Mm-hmm. They, they prolong, but they're not, on the grand scheme of things, they're not doing too much. I think lockdowns shouldn't be, uh, you said 100%, there should be no lockdowns. I don't agree with that. I agree when the first came around the virus, we should maybe have locked down, assess what was going on, realize, okay, this is attacking this type of uh, individual, these people are safe, allow these people to go on, focus on these people. Like, I believe there's a time and place for lockdowns just to get our feet underneath us and kind of understand what we're looking at. Okay. But once, once you're done that, like that, that's it. Yeah, what's like. I'll be. I always uh, when I when this first happened, I was the first to like. I took the precautions too. Like I put this thing on my face because we didn't know anything. We didn't know mm-hmm. any better. Like there were. I we only did it once, but like one time I brought home the groceries and we fucking wiped it down. Right. Oh jeez. <laughs> right. That was like like the first week. Right. And yeah. then after that, my wife's like, "This is fucking stupid." And I'm yeah. like, yeah. "I'm like, yeah, it's just it's stupid." Like. There was the whole unknown. We all thought it was the fucking zombie apocalypse. Like, we were going to... Well, that's the funny thing, though, man. I, I think I got trapped into this uh, right from day one. I was really um, staying on top of the information, staying on top of, like, who was getting sick. And all. It was very clear as old elderly people. Yeah. It was very clear from day one. I'm not saying we should have locked down. We should, we should have locked down at the beginning. But it was very obvious who was getting sick and what, what this virus was. Yeah. And, like, e- even during that time, like, we would hear like uh, ambulance sirens outside, and my wife would be like, "We would, we would look at each other, like, oh, maybe that's somebody going to the hospital for COVID." And yeah, it, it wasn't the fucking case, right? No. But it was the the fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. But as things got known, and we figured, like you said, figures things out, then why are we doing lockdowns three, four, five? And to be honest with you, I don't want I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I don't think this is the end of it. I, I really don't. I, hard, to, I, hard to think it would be. I, I don't think this is our last lockdown. I don't believe that this is over. I think that COVID was a gateway for something bigger. And, like, you know, they, they blame conspiracy theory. That's all conspiracy. Well, then why have they been right since the fucking start? Because well, yeah. So there's, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories that have came right. Um, and a lot wrong. Through. Yeah, and a lot have for, not come For through. sure. No. Is there a global agenda going on? Obviously, There's, you can't deny that. You'd have to be, you'd have to live with your head in the sand to deny that. Do they coexist? In some ways, I think they do. In some ways, they, they don't. Are there people trying to use this to take advantage of it and push these agendas? Of course. Are there people out there that are just scared? Like, do you think Doug Ford's a globalist? Well, Doug Ford's a fucking idiot. Yeah, the fucking retard. Yeah. He has no idea what he's doing. He's, he's lost control of the steering wheel, and there's no greater agenda here. Maybe besides. Like um, our IDs going online, yeah. going on our apps like that. But he's just an idiot. He's, he's lost control and he doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah. And why he doesn't even have control of his own household is freaking his daughters are like, like they're victim to his own policies. Like uh, yeah. his, um, for people who don't know, his son-in-law lost his job because he didn't want to be vaccinated. He made that choice. And like it's internally torn his whole family up. So, I mean, like, I, he's a human being, too. I'm not, like, um, 
I'm not trashing any. Like, people are human beings. Like, whether no, I'll trash them. I'll trash them. This is the thing with politics. You want to be a politician? You yeah. want to mess with people's life? You deserve the repercussions. I'm not saying somebody should go out there and kill him. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. People talk bad about you. Too fucking bad. Don't seek positions of power if you don't want people to talk bad about you. Yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't wish death upon him. Like, some people like, yeah. want, want him to die. Like, I, I no, 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 of course not. I don't wish death upon anybody. But if you, if you don't want these repercussions... You you can't be doing making the you're the you're the one making the policies so you yeah. have you have to be accountable for those things. You don't yeah. like that the people that you forced into bankruptcy are mad at you and calling you a fat asshole. But you don't like that. You didn't think that was going to happen. Or standing like, that's out, the way it is. Or standing outside your house protesting. Yeah. If you really thought about your neighbors, if you're really thinking about them, you wouldn't have made those calls in the first place because you yeah. would have knew you would have knew that this would have happened, right? But yeah. they they. The the illusion that you can make these calls in positions of leadership and not be affected, it, I think that that smokescreen is kind of breaking down a little bit. For like, sure. Like um, <clears throat> one of the ones that bugs me and it's not getting talked about enough is that fucking dipshit that runs our country. He literally, you can find the quote, you can find it in comparison to Hitler. Hitler said something almost identically. Right, and whether regardless of what side you're on on the fucking conversation, it doesn't fucking matter. Those are it's a dangerous thing to see one of the most evil people in the history of our human race that said something that's almost word for word what a current sitting fucking prime minister in a one of the I would say one of the most predominant countries in the world. He fucking said that. Like, yeah. if you don't see the division that that causes and yeah. the, the problem behind it, I don't like. I, I don't even think I can help you at that point. No, well, a lot of people. When you talk about Holocaust stuff, when you talk about Nazi stuff, people have this emotional reaction to it. Yeah, I'm not saying Justin Trudeau is a Nazi no. or doing the same atrocities that the Nazis did or Hitler did. That's not what we're saying at all. No, but if you can recognize pattern settings. This is not good pattern setting, guys. There's a big difference there. So don't convolute us saying this is the Holocaust. This is the exact same as the Holocaust. It's not. It's not even remotely close. No. You have a person that ran the Holocaust saying really bad uh, um, language, and a Canadian, uh, a free citizen, or sorry, a free citizen, uh, the, the leader of a free country, using that same sort of language. And you guys are saying this is acceptable? It's not acceptable. No, it's not. And, and like his comments. Uh, that he did in one of those French ones. It was not too long ago. It was probably just a week where... Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, anybody who doesn't do what they want him to do or, or like take the vaccine, or I think the comment was basically to, uh, towards more than just the vaccine, but anybody who went against the narrative was generally a racist and a misogynist. That's fucking retarded. Yeah, essentially he was saying the people that are unvaccinated tend to be racist and misogynist too. Okay, sure. Show me the science on that. Show me the evidence on that. That <laughs> yeah. seems like an opinion. That seems anecdotal to me. Yeah, but those are the kind of things out of a leader. It yep. should not not be coming out of the mouth of a leader. Well, and a leader that is claiming to be uh, a unifying leader, not a divisive leader. Like, if Trump says that, you're like, yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. When well, Justin mean, Trudeau says that, people are just like, oh, that's okay, because Justin Trudeau said that, and he's not an asshole. Like, oh, he is an asshole. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Trump was Trump was very. I, I, I don't care what people side. Uh, they some people hate him, some people love him. The problem with Trump, that a lot of people had, was that he said the things that you didn't want to hear, and 
unfortunately it hurt some people's feelings and some people and i mean there was an that that's a whole we can go into like three hours about fucking donald trump but sure. um uh that was one of those things where you know he wasn't a politician coming into it right he wasn't well, that's uh, why he that's why he won yeah. Because the Americans have been fucked by politicians for how many years? Yeah, and so he said things that politicians didn't like. He was more honest. He was more honest than a lot of people with, with his verbally. And I'm not talking about yeah. truth. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. he just fucking spoke. He right? said what he thought. He said what he thought, right? And there's a big difference between Donald Trump and Justin Trudeau, in my opinion, because those thoughts Mr. that ripped himself. <laughs> he have a thought in his head, like. Justin Trudeau's thoughts, what he's saying, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I could be fucking wrong and you could disagree with me, but the thing is, like, when he says a comment like that, to me, that is showing a bigger picture of the party. That's sort of the agenda, and he's, sure. ver he's verbalizing what they're going for, what they're trying sure. to push along, whereas Donald Trump was just saying stupid shit. He would just say dumb shit. Okay, right? it's Ideologue versus um, a retard, maybe. Trump <laughs> <laughs> with the retard and Justin Trudeau's ideologue. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, he angers, Trudeau angers me so much. <laughs> but, he should. Uh, he should anger every Canadian. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he should. And one of the one of the things that, uh, before, before we wrap this shit up, because I know you got shit to do, you busy man. But, uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to, to kind of bring out to people is there's a, a Maxime Bernier, and I'm not a fucking Maxime Bernier person. I'm not trying to push him on anybody, but I'm trying to bring up a good example of uh, a leadership and what a leader should do this day and age where we have all the tools and information available to everybody. Maxime Bernier went on a podcast with Jordan Peterson. Now, half the shit in the podcast was more about the election than anything, right? But the the point I'm trying to get across is where he, him and Jordan were talking about things, just talking about issues that he wanted to change. And Jordan always plays devil's advocate. He's extremely educated. And but one of the things that came out of that conversation for me as a listener was there was stuff about natives and things that are going on with our First Nations that I didn't understand, right? About the Indian Act and like Jordan pressed him on those issues. How would you resolve certain things like that and i didn't under i didn't know personally that uh natives don't necessarily own their they can't own land so like you can develop your house you can put in the renovations you can do all that stuff if you live on a reserve but you never really own that land it's part of like the, the reserve owns that land right and to me that was eye-opening so these people we were always talking about helping you know every child matters and and helping first nations and like to me understanding the fact that well, if they can never own an asset on their own land, how can they ever fucking move forward, right? Their generational wealth. Yeah, there's no, like, my parents can pass on, they, they can write in their will, uh, we're going to sell this house when we die, and each of our kids get a certain, that, that's generational wealth, right? Well, we're, as, these are people living in Canada. They're not far away. They're fucking living in our country. Who, yeah. There's, no, we're living in their country. Yeah, we're living in their country. <laughs> but uh, they are stripped of that right to just accumulate generational wealth. And the only way I was able to process that information, like politicians don't talk about that on TV. The only way that was going to get out was by having open forum discussion with, with 
you know, a psychology fucking genius in Jordan Peterson and, and bringing that out. And then somebody like me who's a critical thinker, I'm like, wow, that's a fucking big deal. Maybe we should solve that before we fucking argue with each other about who's getting a fucking shot in their arm or not, right? But we're not, we're not looking to solve problems. We're, we're almost in politics looking to create problems to divide us. Yeah. Right? And this, this censorship, this, um, if you don't believe there's 400 different genders out there, you're a bad person. And if you speak up, that even means you're a more bad person because you're actually speaking publicly about that. So we, we put these with these really important uh, social topics out there, and only half the people can put their input in because, how, however you want to say it, again, if we're talking about race issues, I'm a white man. I yeah. can't have an opinion on that. If you're um, a straight male, you can't have a conversation on gay topics or transgender topics, things like that. Yeah. Why not? We're all part of the same society. Everybody should be able to have a, a say of what's going on. And you should be able to have a say without people saying you're a bad person for that. Absolutely. It, just because I don't think there's a thousand different genders out there doesn't mean I support your right to wake up today and feel like whatever you want. Yeah. If you want to be a rhinoceros today, be it. I don't give a fuck. Absolutely. If you're doing it in your house, I don't give a shit. It's, I don't I give a shit at all. I so, support you and I hope you're happy. Yeah. I think. And I, I, so that's the thing. I support you and I hope you're happy, but I think we're not leading to a happier outcome because we're not having the real conversation and we're allowing these people to dive into their neurosis, uh, dive into their, their obviously mental health issues and not talk about it. Yeah, and and that's huge. And and I think you you nailed it right on the head. Like There's so many different social issues and we don't have to agree on them, but if we can talk about them and understand the other person's point of view. A truly then, honest conversation. Yeah, like, I don't give a flying fuck if you want to believe whatever gender you want. Like that's not nope. it's not like it's none of my business. No. Nope. Nope. I, I like I get up every day, I train my clients, I go fucking train myself, I come home, I fucking work on my business, I play with my kids. That's that's the extent of my life. If you wanna be a fucking believe you're you're a cisgendered, whatever the fuck, I don't know them. I'm not disrespecting them, I'm just saying I don't know the pronouns. If you wanna believe you're a fucking pronoun that they go for it. All the power Absolutely. to it. Yeah. billions of people on or millions of people on this earth everybody's entitled to make yourself happy whatever belief system you have make yourself happy just you know don't force me on it right nope. and i think that's the biggest problem we have right now and like discussions like we have there's certain things i'm sure you didn't agree with me on and that's that's fucking fine like everybody on earth man that's that's part of life that's you know we need to get used to having people have different opinions and saying, hey, man, you're still a good person. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but and, that. and, I mean, I think that's a good place to fucking leave this at. <laughs> be, yeah. Be a good fucking person. Just understand other people's appoint, opinion. Right? Yeah, and, exactly. and, and uh, I mean, thank you for, for talking to me today. I appreciate it. And thank oh, you my pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me. And, uh, I mean, I, I hope that we can get back to a place where everybody can just be free again. But um, I'm not trying to be bleak. I, I think there's a lot more work that needs to be done. A lot more conversations like we had today, other people need to do. Rather, it doesn't, yep. need, to, it doesn't need to be public. It, doesn't need, it can be private within you know, your own home or on the phone or something. But yep. I, know, I know you're a big uh, advocate of the mental health aspect. If, if you know people that are struggling, like, just talk to them. Yeah. I think that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Like the other day, I had a had a had a hard day mentally with everything that was going on. I just you know talk to my wife. I'm lucky that I have somebody to talk to. But if you don't, then be a good fucking dude and 
like people need to just talk to people. Yeah, you have friends, you have people, you're never alone. No, no. You have to be willing to reach out. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I appreciate it. All right, buddy, no worries. Thanks for having me. We'll talk All soon. Right. All right, take hey, care. Everybody. Thank you for watching. Please do me a favor. Click the like below. Share on YouTube. Share on Instagram. Share on Facebook. Spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you. Keep providing you with a great podcast experience. Peace out. enjoyed that clip please head on over to the link below to my youtube page and watch the rest of the uh, podcast if not you can always find me on spotify or apple or google play or all those we're on everything download listen in your car get it going thank you for the support please like share and subscribe have a great day